Welcome to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Kita Spears, a.k.a. Haiki. What up, winners? First episode of the new year. Feeling crispy, dog. What's your uh, take on New Year's resolutions, Kita? Uh, stopped doing them and caring about them a couple years ago. Um, mainly just because I'd already, I realized if you started doing shit that you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, you don't have to set a date to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I want to work out or if I want to lose 20 pounds in the new year, why am I going to wait all through Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and then New Year's Day, nurse a hangover, then decide to go to Planet Fitness or some shit? Like, no, I'm not actually committed. If you want to do something, just do it the quickest way possible. So I'm not big on New Year's resolutions because it's just prolonging what you should already be doing. Yeah, I, I see that viewpoint. I mean, because most people that set New Year's resolutions fail. Right. However, I did catch myself leading up to New Year's just thinking about like one word I wanted to focus on for the new year. And I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. Like just having a theme for the year. Right. Because I think if you look back at your life last year, what was that theme? Was it struggle? Was it, you know, victorious? Was it challenging? Was it love? Right. Maybe you found love on Tinder. Um, When I look at this year, like the theme, what I want is is certainty. You know, I want to just operate from a place of certainty with with business with my life so that's my theme winners is just uh certainty so i think you can probably find something in between what kita is saying uh and what i'm saying because you you are right kita you should not be um letting the holiday the first of the year dictate what you don't do and don't do so get your fat ass and get in the gym (laughs) one rule that i or one take on this whole new year's resolution thing that i really like is from jesse itzler it's like the taking the Japanese saying, it's called Mitsugi, I believe. I could be butchering it, but it's basically saying what one major life event did you want to accomplish in the year? And you plan, you spend your entire year focusing on one major, big, hairy, audacious goal that you accomplished. So now you can go back in your lifetime and like year I turned 30, I did X. It's just one big thing. And if if I was to take a New Year's resolution, a new take on it, it would be the Misugi, one big thing, accomplish one big thing this year that you can say, I did that. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, winners, this is not your, hey, let's talk about New Year's resolution bullshit kind of podcast okay. episode for today. Today, we got a treat for you guys. We have an awesome guest that's going to talk about his story. It's got a really cool story in terms of kind of overcoming some some health challenges and, and still kicking ass in business and in his personal life. Um, has a pressure washing business. And uh, when he first told me about it, I was like, pressure washing business. But then he started telling me more about it. It's like all the accounts he has and clients he has. I'm like, fuck, this guy's killing it. Why did I get into finance? I should have started a pressure washing business. But he's been at it since 2015, which is remarkable since, uh, you know, I don't know the statistic. I think like businesses that are five years old, 50% of them go under this dude's still crushing it eight years later. He's got an AC business, crushing it there, uh, the host of the Bad Beat podcast. Uh, so we've got Robert Eisenstadt on the podcast. Robert, welcome to the show, bro. Thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. That was a dope intro, man. Thank you. Dude, you know, we just wing it here. Yeah, you know, dude. I was waiting to stumble, right? Because it's like the first, you're the very first guest of 2024, dude. Yeah, dude so that's I'm awesome. a little rusty. No, nah, dude, that's sick. I'm I'm pumped and honored to be the the first guest of the new year, man. It's right it's on. dope. I loved what you guys were talking about about the the New Year's resolution, man, and I was resonating with a lot of the stuff that you guys were talking about. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I the the whole New Year resolution thing to me just always seemed so stupid, to be honest with you. Uh, I just you know, there's goals in life that you have, and you should always just keep working towards those goals, not just because. The year's over, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. we were talking right, literally right before we started the show about how you like to live life with a little bit of, uh, like, edge, and your edge is that yeah. you're trying to get shit done now and not waiting for tomorrow. So I could see why that stood out to you. Yeah, dude, I walk around with a... I, I do everything with, like, an extreme sense of urgency. Everything. And I, honestly, I didn't even realize it, actually, until my videographer... We were shooting some content in our podcast studio, and... Uh, one of my phones rang in, in my office and I jumped up out of my chair and I ran in there and I was like, it was a really good opportunity for my business. And as soon as I got off the phone, I walked back out and I was like, dude, you see, if I had missed that phone call, they would have moved on to somebody else and I would have moved, missed that opportunity. 
And he just kind of stopped and looked at me. He was like, man, you see that, that sense of urgency isn't something that you could teach to people. So, uh, it's just something that I have inside of me, you know, I, I I'm very urgent with everything that I do. Can you kind of share with the winners where that comes from? Because for, for the winners that aren't seeing this on, on video, did you, I feel like you and I could probably be chilling on a Pacific beach pier drinking a Modelo oh, like yeah. in California. Like For you sure. just got the kind of the surfer chill vibe, kind of like me. So where does that come from in the sense of just you operating from this mad sense of urgency? Um, so November of 2014, I was working at friendly Ford as a, well, I started as a lot porter. So I would clean the lot, drive cars, park cars, whatever. Within six months, I got promoted to a lube tech. So I was changing oil, doing small minor repairs uh, in the shop. And then I think two or three months after that, I got promoted to service advisor. Um, while I was working there, it was a Saturday, uh, November 14th, November 8th, 2014. My father had passed away from a heart attack while I was at work. So uh, I'm at I'm at work. His boss calls me and says, hey, your father never showed up. Um, long story short, I rushed home. Obviously, he had he died overnight of a heart attack. And, uh, I remember like rushing out the door that morning and like grabbed a Red Bull out of the fridge. And I didn't even notice that like his car was still in the driveway when I left, when it shouldn't have been those kind of things, you know? And, uh, they told me that I couldn't take the time off that I, they gave me a week off, but my, the year before my parents had been divorced, my brother lived in Kansas. And so I took the week off, but to handle the estate, the funeral, my dad just died. I'm 21 years old. It was a lot for me emotionally, uh, mentally, physically, like everything, you know? And so they could, they told me I couldn't take the time off that I needed. And so I quit, you know? And I think at that moment, I looked back at all the friends that I had lost. I mean, my best friend, when I was 17 years old, he committed suicide. I found him two minutes after he shot himself in the head. Uh, my other closest friend died on a street bike accident. He was uh, driving a city of a city truck pulled out in front of him and he hit the B pillar. You know what the B pillar is where like your seatbelt comes out. So he went through the windshield, hit the B pillar, broke every bone in his body. Uh, he died. I watched him pass away at the hospital. And then I had like all these other friends die of drug overdoses and all this crazy stuff. And it really made me realize how short life is. You know, I mean, I have a very, very clear understanding that even after this podcast right now, I can get in my truck and die on my way home, you know? So uh, that sense of urgency comes from knowing that I have a very short amount of time on this, on this planet left. And I'm the person that calls the people consistently and, you know, my friends, my family, everybody, and I always call and check on them. And, you know, I never leave the house without saying goodbye, those kind of things. So all those losses created that sense of urgency, to be honest with you, you know, just, just trying to get through those struggles and just realizing like, dude, you do not have a lot of time left. People don't realize that, man. It's so freaking crazy. Like the things that people push off till tomorrow or the next day or whatever, dude, tomorrow really might never come. And until that slaps you in the face, you might not realize it, but I hope you can learn it a lot sooner than I did, you know? Yeah, I feel like death is one of the most sobering things to, like, remember our mortality. Like, oh, shit, like, it really can be gone in a blink of an eye. You know, I lost my father when I was 10 years old, and, like, forever that changes how you deal with conflict, how you deal with, you know, quote-unquote things that should make you emotional. Because if you've dealt with such a tough blow, all the other shit just seems minuscule oh, in yeah. the grand scheme of things, you know? So it can come across as, oh, he's cold or, oh, he doesn't care. It's like, no, I do care a lot. I care so much that I'm not going to let that hamper my happiness either. Yep. You know, I feel like that also plays a fact into the urgency. Like, you want to make and create memories with the people that you have right now. Yeah. So you need to have some urgency in your life and not say, oh, I'll go to the next party. I'll go to the next Christmas. We'll make the next Christmas card. Do that yeah, shit no. this year. Oh, yeah. Dude, my wife hates it. Honestly, like, she's the... Because we just grew up very differently, you know what I mean? I love my wife to death, but she's very, like, wants to plan everything, you know? I'm that kind of person that I could drive home right now and be like, hey, we're going to Hawaii tonight. And then book it, 
You know what I mean? You just, just that sense of urgency. Like you, you're saying, does things seriously change you? And I mean, you know, you, you get reminders of, of the things that are important to you every day, you know? Um, but it, as far as it goes into business, man, um, just missing a lot of missed opportunities because I was for a while, that person that would say, Oh yeah, I'll get to it or I'll, I'll do it tomorrow or whatever. And then you start hearing about other companies, you know, when, when we go and meet new clients, I ask what their pain points are, obviously. So what are your pain points? Oh, well, they take two weeks to get back to us. How's that even possible? Like it, it just blows my mind. So the, the, the sense of urgency is there with everything, with my children, my wife, my friends, my family, my businesses, everything. So, yeah. And, um, did your kind of take your approach on kind of viewing the world and, and maybe some of the losses you experienced, loss of friends, your father, the sense of urgency, is that, did that kind of play a role into you starting your own business in the pressure washing? Oh Yeah. So when my, when they told me I couldn't take the time off that I needed, I quit right then and there. And I went home, packed a bag and left to Sedona, Arizona for a week. And, uh, I made a promise to myself that I would never let anybody ever tell me what I can and can't do with my life ever again. And, uh, the only way to do that was to be in control of everything in my life. Um, and it's not like I'm super controlling, you know, I just need to control my life. And so I wanted to start a business. At first, I was actually going to try and open up a Capriotis, but they were at the time, this was in 2014, uh, actually the beginning of 2015, they were like maxed out on their on Vegas market. Are they so, nationwide, Capriotis? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. I'm not 100% sure. But the Vegas market, because I think they're in California, Arizona. Dude, the Bobby is fire. Oh, yeah. Dude, that, that should be nationwide. Jam. Oh, yeah. Like, no, that place is, great. Yeah. You got to get it with provolone, though. Provolone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Put throw some cheese on there. Okay. All right. But no. I don't know. But yeah, I was trying to open up a, a Capriotis. Um, I was gonna open up a Buffalo Wild Wings, or at least I wanted to. I did not have anywhere near enough liquid cash to do that. I think you have to have like 1.3 million liquid. Wow. Um, so that was out. And I was trying to figure out what to do. I went to a house party. I was drinking with my buddy and I was like, dude, I got to open up a business. I had a great idea for like a restaurant, uh, and bar and karaoke place, which I still have the idea in the back of my head. But, um, he was like, you should open up a carpet cleaning business. My boss does it too. I work for, um, he makes pretty good money. And I was like, dude, fuck no. I don't want to clean people's carpets. Like that's gross. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to be inside. And, uh, so a couple of weeks went by and I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, I got to do something. I just, I don't care what it is. I just have to start something. So I called him. I said, Hey, uh, I want to start a carpet cleaning business. Can I buy some equipment from your boss? And he goes, Oh yeah. You know, let me talk to him. Uh, so long story short, I ended up buying a truck from him. It was a big box truck, uh, that didn't have air conditioning. And for the listeners that are not in Vegas, imagine driving a giant black box truck in Vegas heat of like 115 degrees with no air conditioning sucked. And then you're working. Oh dude, it was miserable. So I convinced my buddy to quit his job and come work for me. I guaranteed him a paycheck. I said, Hey, come work for me. This is how much I'll pay you every week. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing, but you know, if you teach me how to, you know, actually clean carpet, I could figure all the other stuff out. And so I actually started the business with my ex and her dad. The name of the business was O3 Green Global Solutions. There was another learning curve right there. Who the fuck is going to know what that is? <laughs> right? Like, dude, I'm a carpet cleaning business. What the hell does O3 Green Global Solutions mean? Uh, well, the reason it was O3 Green Global Solutions is because we had a machine that created aqueous ozone. So it added an extra oxygen molecule to water. And it like supercharged the water and it cleaned like a thousand times faster than bleach. It was really cool. Um. So we started the business. I'm paying this guy every week and I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Reaching out to all my friends, like everybody does when they start a business, you know, you reach out to your friends, your family. Hey, this is what I do. We got like a couple jobs and then the rest of the time we were going door to door. And, you know, I was trying to hit up like apartment complexes, stuff like that, because I was trying to get a mass quantity of jobs yeah. in one small area. Um, another learning curve. 
do not pester these people too much because they get really annoyed really quick. Like, dude, I had one guy tell me, like, go away. You're so annoying. Yeah. You know, because I was going back every day and I'm like bringing him like donuts one day, then like coffee the next day. I'm, like, dude, come on. Like, I really want to work for you. Uh, anyways, it got to a point to where he, uh, I couldn't afford to pay him anymore. Um, so it was either shut down the business or fire him and figure it out. So I got rid of that overhead. I let him go. He understood. He went back to work for um, the guy that he quit for, thankfully. And uh, I'm actually friends with the guy that I bought the truck from now. Nice. And uh, so I just started knocking doors like crazy, dude. Because we j- we were just having our baby, my daughter. Um, I had a house that I had to pay rent on. I just spent the rest of the money that I got. Because I did get a little bit of money from life insurance from my father passing away. Yeah. I-, I put all that money into the business. And I was broke, dude, like flat broke. I was borrowing money to pay rent. Mm. It was nuts. Yeah. So I was, any waking second that I was not physically like working, like cleaning carpet, I uh, was knocking on doors. But I was going to like residential property management companies. Um, Like I think there's one, just a couple suites down from here. And uh, they, they were a big client of ours for a long time. And so I started doing that and... One of my buddies called me one day and he goes, Hey, we just fired our pressure washing contractor. Do you want the contract? I was like, yes. Went and sold some personal shit, bought a pressure washer. I still have it to this day. And, uh, it was a chain of eight gas stations. Uh, had no idea how to pressure wash anything. You would think like a pressure, like pressure washing, you know, you just go buy a little pressure washer and just spray it down. It's like, there's so much more to it. I, I, I know it sounds kind of stupid probably, but there's a lot to it, you know? Um, and so we bought it. We, we ended up getting that contract. Um, I still do those gas stations to this day, even though they sold to a different company. I, I you know, I, I kept the, the gas stations with the new company. And then um, the property management companies that we were asked or that we were doing carp cleaning for, they had uh, a handyman like fall out on a project that they were doing or whatever that we call them rent readies. So you would turn a property, right? Um, it was right place, right time. I was in the office and they were like, Hey, or I was asking them for more work. I was like, Hey, do you have any other properties? Like I need some money, whatever. And they were like, well, if you have a handyman license, you can actually do this. And it was like a $2,000 ticket. And I was like, I do. Perfect. So they sent me to do that. And then that kind of blew up. We ended up getting into construction. Um, we did a lot of commercial TIs and our different general contractors. We did a lot of rent ready. So, you know, every time a tenant would move out of a property, we would go in and do everything to the property to get it ready to rent again. So paint, drywall, flooring, uh, plumbing, fixtures, appliances, whatever. And then, um, so we did that for a long time and, uh, it grew rapidly. I didn't know how to manage a company like that. You know, we had, I think 12 trucks on the road. Uh, it was just ridiculously stressful and, we were actually losing money. It was like a constant game of Robert robbing Peter to pay Paul. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like net thirties. So everything was net 30. So I'm forking out like five, $10,000 at a time to complete a property. And then I'm not getting paid on that for 30 days. So I ended up losing money a little bit during that. And uh, I decided to shut everything down, scale back to just the pressure washing business and focus on one thing. And then it's, it's grown more than I could have ever imagined. And uh, I'm very blessed and thankful that I've been given the opportunities that I have. Um, and then once I kind of got that into control, we opened up the air conditioning business. I have two partners in the AC business and it's been great, dude. What's the uh, pressure washing business look like now? So you ever at a point when you first started, you know, essentially eight gas stations is what it sounded like. But yeah. Can you talk to, talk to us about like now, like the accounts, like how big your team is, just um, so the winners can kind of get a picture as far as yeah. the progression. Uh, so I, I'm not going to list any of my clients, but they, they are, uh, uh, some of the bigger players, especially in our area. Um, but we on average probably do like 70 to 80 properties a month. Um, so from six to 70 to 80 and just over, I mean, this was just over a year and a half from six to 70 or 80. So, um, which is crazy because we had a lot of gross revenue because of the construction and all that stuff. Right. So we actually dialed that back. 2023 was our first calendar year of just pressure washing because we had it as a service, but we didn't focus on just pressure washing. Right. Uh, and in 2023 we grew 45%. Yeah. So 
That's awesome. <clears throat> One thing that the winners need to highlight is that you immediately focused on high ROI tasks for those first three months. You went to property managers, oh, yeah. you know, apartment complexes. And I think that's a big difference on how you end up, were able to scale so quickly is that some people would just be like, let me get any job. Let me get, let me clean your house, bro. Yep. And that's not what you were trying to get into. You didn't want to get stuck into the trap of, oh, I got, I'm making good money cleaning houses. That's, that's not really scalable to the level that you're at now. Yeah. You know? So like the fact that you focused in on people that have multiple properties to where you can get one contract that actually pays some bills, not just one day's, you're not just eating for a day. You can eat for a month. Right. That really makes life a lot more easier for you as a business. You're not just, you're not hurting or hunting so hard or being desperate when you've got consistent people coming through because you're focusing on big fish, not a bunch of little fish. Right. I think that was a real key to success there. Yeah. I mean, I'm a super relational person. So everybody that we're in business with, I call them my friends, if, if that makes sense. Like our clients. I don't call them our clients. I call them our, like my friends. Because my mindset behind the whole thing was, for example, do you know a plumber? Yeah. Like, is he one of your friends or yeah. do you just know a plumber? Yeah. If you needed some plumbing done at your office right now, who are you going to call? Uh, pure plumbing. Because they're your friends, right? Yeah. It, it, it's impossible for you to call anybody else. Yeah. Like, why would you call anybody else? Yeah. Because you're friends. You trust them. You know they're going to do a good job. So that's my goal behind everything that we do is I, I don't want to try and convince somebody to use our services. I want to make it impossible for them to not use our services when they need us. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fire. So um, I'm, I'm a very relational person. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure you know who Joel Marion is. Do you know who he is? Yeah, the uh, email guy. Yeah. Health and fitness or health uh, nutrition. Yep, yep. So rich in relationships, man. I mean, that was like one of the most powerful messages. Yeah, I think I, and I read it on his hat or something. And I was like, damn, dude, like I'm rich in relationships, man. Like I love creating relationships with people, but the people that I'm creating relationships with inside my business are managing millions and millions and millions of square feet, right? So versus me going to attack a single family residential client, uh, I want to make a really strong relationship with one person that's going to give me 200 jobs. Make so, sense? Yeah. Can you share with the winners? I think this would really help because we have a lot of people that listen to the show that, you know, have a business, want to start a business, you know, might be in the service B2B space. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you've got a service to sell, a product to sell. If you sold it to one person, great. That one person can give you a transaction and it's a sale. Awesome. Or you can have an account, right? right? There's a big difference between an individual sale and an account. Um, I personally know one of the accounts that you have. I will not put it on blast because I don't want your competitors to try to snipe your shit. But it's a really big account. And yeah, I know they're massive. ballers. Um, how did you get an account like that? I mean, this is a big one, guys. Like publicly traded company, like big ass account. Like, how long did it take? What was like the first win in that? Like, yeah. can you kind of share with us what that looked like? So it's kind of funny, dude. Um, when I started the pressure washing business, my dude is like manifestation. Like, I don't know if you can see, but I'm literally getting chills. It was pure manifestation, man. I remember so vividly, I was sitting in uh, my buddy's house and I said, I'm going to get this person as a client. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I'm going to. And um, so I, I was trying a bunch of different things, social media, obviously referrals are amazing, you know, um, but LinkedIn, LinkedIn literally changed my life. Um, it's Facebook, but for business, you know, it's all B2B, all the, you know, big property managers are on there, all, all that kind of stuff, you know? And so, uh, I did a lot of trial and error, different things. Um, I built out kind of like a script, like a sales script that I would mass message to people. <clears throat> and dude, I tell you right now, yeah, I believe everything happens for a reason. I got lucky that this guy responded to that message because knowing what I know now, looking back at the message that I sent him, some cringe shit. Dude, it was just like, it was like super salesy. Great connecting you know I mean? with you. Yeah. Oh, dude, I fucking hate those. I help a lot of people out now, especially in the service business, yeah. build out their LinkedIn profiles. And, um, you know, I, I've coached a few people on actually, and I've landed them contracts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, it was, it was so pitchy and so salesy. And 
dude, he opened it and responded. And I have like the best relationship with these guys now. And I mean, we go golfing all the time. So he, he's a high level employee. At uh, this yeah. So, you know, it, it, when you're in the service industry, you want to target a certain executive or, yeah. you know, uh, so as far as like the service industry goes, you kind of want to target like, uh, maintenance engineers or facility directors, uh, directors of operations, people that can be able to make the Moves. yes for the contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and dude, like I said, I, I really can't tell you anything besides the fact that I got super lucky with that one. Yeah. Like it, it was just right place, right time. He needed my services. And, uh, but that's the thing, dude, like you just got to shoot your shot. So many people yeah. are like afraid to just try and like ask people. Yeah. It's like, dash out a message and it changed my life. Yeah. Is yeah. that nuts? That's pretty cool. Like, it's mind blowing to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And so once that worked, I was like, I got something here. Yeah. So I started diving super deep into the platform LinkedIn. Um, and then, uh, have you heard of zoom info? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a B2B software, um, that basically in the service industry, we call the gatekeeper. Um, so there's a gatekeeper that you need to get past. Usually it would be like, uh, you know, uh, an executive assistant or something like say, let's say I was trying to get a hold of you and I would get a hold of your assistant, whatever. Uh, those are called the gatekeepers in the service industry. This was a platform that kind of allowed me to get past the gatekeeper and get, get like direct contact information to the people that I was trying to do business with. Uh, so that was a huge win for me finding that software and, and, you know, finding these people that I want to do business with the person that can say yes. And then finding out who they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're trying to get into business with somebody, you need to find out who the person is that you're trying to get into business with. You know, sure, you might be able to provide a great service, but how many other company or plumbing companies out there can probably provide you an amazing service? Yeah. A lot. But you're still going to call Pure Plumbing yeah. because of your friends and you trust them and you know they're going to do a good job for you. Yeah. So building a relationship with people and learning to network and, and show them who you actually are and then getting the business are two completely like that's that's how you need to focus on getting that business. Yeah. You know what I mean? In in the commercial service space cuz I'm 100% commercial, we're all B2B. As far as my pressure washing business goes, the, the air conditioning and heating business is B2C. Is, yeah, B2C and B2B. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but you know, this is a long-term play. Right? I'm not trying to do I, I don't want a transactional relationship where I show up, I do a job for you and never talk to you again. I want to build a relationship with you to where you know who I am. I know who you are. And we have a very clear understanding of what I'm doing for you and what you're doing for me. And let me see how I can help you in other places too. You know what I mean? So I'm not just there to show up and pressure wash these places. I'm there to, you know, Hey, do you, do you need another contractor for a different service? Like I know a lot of, a lot of contractors here in Vegas, you know, or whatever it might be. So, uh, very relational, you know, you, you just got to build the relationships with the people and be your freaking self. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, major. Like just show up and just talk to somebody. Yeah. And it, it's, that's actually kind of crazy. Like how many people struggle just to talk to people, yeah. like have a conversation with someone, you know? Yeah. yeah. With the LinkedIn, since it sounds like you, you know, you kind of nerded out on that and was able to get into the nitty gritty and kind of find your lane with LinkedIn. Can you give the winners some ways to optimize their page so that they're able to attract the type of people that they want to attract for their service business? Yeah, for sure. Uh, when you add people, do not send a spammy message and say, hey, like, great connecting with you. <clears throat> when you're doing B2B, you, like I said, you want to try and find some common ground with the person, right? So, like, let's say I was trying to find you on LinkedIn. When I would try to send you an ad, I would research you or whatever. And I would say, Hey, Oh, you know, I'm friends with Daniel. Uh, I thought it would be cool if we connected too, Right. So you're like, Oh, he's friends with Daniel. Cool. Let me accept him. See what he's about. So finding a common ground with whoever you're trying to connect with is, is major key. Uh, and then secondly, there's a, like a little bio in your profile. <clears throat> Don't ever say that. Oh, um, we help businesses do this. Cause it's, it's just, it's scammy. It, it, like when you go to add people, they're like, man, I don't need help in my business, whatever. They, they, they might, but the chances of them accepting your connection is, is a lot lower. Uh, so like if you go look at my LinkedIn, it says uh, pressure washing and concrete cleaning specialist. That's what we specialize in. Uh, I'm an owner of Heavenly Air Conditioning and Heating, and then I'm a creator and host of Bad B Podcast. 
So those are, those are two like really big tips. And then, you know, I, I go through a lot of different things about different buckets of content that you want to post on LinkedIn, uh, because, you know, you're trying to build the relationships with the people. So, you know, you have your family bucket, you know, you want to show who you're doing everything for, who you are, all that kind of stuff. I post stuff about like my story, you know, that we've talked about a little bit. Um, and then obviously, you know, work performed stuff that we do. Um, and then, you know, I post stuff with different clients, stuff like that. So those are, dude, seriously, those are bombs right there. Like <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't sound like anything crazy, but if you jump on there, like, dude, if you guys want to get on LinkedIn, I don't know if you guys are, but. It's because of the fact, and I think the reason why it's so simple is because everyone's doing the exact opposite. Yep. All you have to do is get on there with any type of business on LinkedIn and you're going to get spammed. You're going to get sales pitch. You're going to get chat GPT in your inbox. And that's why these simple tips work is because everyone's doing the other salesy bullshit. Yep. It doesn't work. But, and that's the thing. It's like, this is B2B. You're, you're trying to create a relationship with a person. And I had, I, I had a coaching call uh, two weeks ago and he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm going to get my VA on this. I'm like, dude, no. Like, do not put your VA on this. This is not a job for your VA. This is a job for you, right? Uh, I have another friend who actively uses his VA on LinkedIn. And it's like, why would I ever even try and do anything with his profile? You know what I mean? Um, especially when, because there's a lot more to, than to just LinkedIn. There's different associations and networking events that you go to. What happens when, you know, you're using ChatGPT or different AI software or a VA that's having these conversations with these people, and then you go there and they're like, oh, yeah, I remember we were talking about this. No, I don't. It wasn't even me talking to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a platform for you to build relationships with the people who want to do business with you, period. It's a simple way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Zoom Info thing, is, is it, it's an expensive um, investment. I think I paid like $30,000 for the first year. Um, but it was worth it. So it allows you to see within an organization who calls the shots essentially. It allows you to look up, um, people's information, I guess you could say like their business email, their, their headquarters, phone number, their direct line, whatever. And then you could obviously see what their position is, what the company is, all that kind of stuff. So a little bit more refined than a Google search. It's more of like a company directory in a sense. Like if you were trying to find somebody that you want to do business with, like, let's say, you know, John, whatever, you're trying to get this guy's business. You can go on there, look him up and then you'd have his phone number and email. It's up to you to still obviously build that relationship and, you know, create that introduction, but it's there. But at least you don't have to call his office that yeah. is going to say, oh, he's not available right now. Do you yeah. want to leave a message and then never yeah. hear from him again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just another step forward. Yeah, makes sense. Um, we were talking before we started the podcast um, about you being diagnosed with MS. Yeah. Can you talk to us about like when that happened in your journey? Um, what is MS and like, why you're grateful for it? Because I think you're going to have a sweet answer about that because I think everything that's bad that's happened to you you found a way to just spin it and, and use it, you know, yeah. for good. Uh, and that's why, dude, it's funny. Before, that's why I started the Bad Beat Podcast because you dealt a losing hand, but it causes you to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so July 27th, my baby boy was born. Uh, my birthday is July 28th. And so I spent my 30th birthday in the hospital with watching my son be born. Most amazing thing that's ever happened, you know? So uh, he was born July 27th. August 15th, actually August 10th through the 15th, I had lost vision in my right eye. And I, th- I, th- I think I might've seen you during that time. I, I don't know. Um, but it would get worse when I was exercising. So, and when I mean I lost vision in my right eye, like I could look at my watch and I could see that there was like a light in something there, but I couldn't read anything. Shit, that'd scare me, dude. Dude, it was nuts. And like, dude, I could literally like hold my watch like this and I couldn't read anything. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because it was just in one eye. But I'm so busy and I'm like pushing it off. I'm not going to the doctor. I'm working. I'm working out, doing all this stuff. And then it started getting accompanied by these massive headaches and migraines, like unbearable. And, you know, our pressure washing business, we operate at night. Um, I'm off the truck, but I, I go to job sites and visit the guys and meet, meet the clients if they're there. And um, so we got an emergency job. We were handling. I went to the job site and I had to leave the job site to go get some Advil at a gas station because my, my head was just pounding, dude. 
The next morning, I went to the gym. I worked out, and I called my wife. I was like, dude, I don't think I could take this. Uh, she's like, you need to go to the eye doctor right now. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, do you know the difference between an ophthalmologist, an optometrist and an ophthalmologist? No. So uh, I went to the eye doctor. An optometrist is like a doctor that you would see to get like a prescription for your glasses, right? An ophthalmologist is more of a doctor that, you know, for your optic nerve, right? And so I saw the optometrist and they're like, there's nothing wrong with your eye. It's perfect. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? I can't see. How is there nothing wrong with my eye? They're like, why don't you come back tomorrow? Or no, no. They said, why don't you come back in a few hours and see the ophthalmologist? So I I think I left and came back. It's kind of a blur to me, to be honest with you. I ended up coming back. I saw the ophthalmologist and he obviously, you know, looked through my eye, my soul or whatever. And, uh, he just like kind of steps back and then walks out of the room. Fuck. That was so weird, dude. He comes back in with like four other doctors and they all sit down. What the fuck? (laughs) And, uh, he goes, you need to go to the emergency room right now. I believe you have a mass on your brain that is pushing up against your optic nerve. You need to go get an MRI, but you need to go to the emergency room right now. We're going to call the closest hospital, which is, um, uh, Henderson Hospital. And uh, we're going to call them and let, let them know that you're on your way. Okay. It, like, dude, it was, it was so crazy. I mean, you think you're invincible. You think you're super healthy. Like, dude, you see me in the gym. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be healthy. I'm, I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to do good. And life fucking slaps you in the face. Huh? I mean, I walked out of that place, dude. I just, like, it takes a lot to get me to cry. Like, my daughter can get me to cry all the time just because, you know, daddy's girl. I walked out of that place. I called my wife. I freaking bawled my eyes out, dude. I mean, because I didn't know what was going on. Like, holy shit, I have a mass on my brain. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? What's next? Like, am I going to live? Am I okay? Yeah. Go to the ER. They do a CT scan. Find nothing, obviously. And then... Uh, like 14 hours later of laying in a hospital bed in the hallway, they do an MRI. They found three lesions in my brain. One of them was active, affecting my optic nerve, which was causing the loss of vision. Um, And then, so they couldn't technically diagnose me with MS at that time. So they um, uh, admitted me to the hospital and they started pumping my body full of solumedrol, which is like a really strong steroid. Uh, then the neurologist came in and they were like, hey, uh, legally, what he said was 99.9% chance that you have MS, but legally I can't diagnose you until we rule everything out. Because there's no actual way to diagnose multiple sclerosis. So I'm like, okay. So they're like, we need to do a spinal tap. You know what a spinal tap is? It's where they stick uh, a long needle up your spine. Yeah, they stick a long needle in your spine and take out your spinal fluid because it's like the best way to get Damn. a read on anything. So I'm in the hospital, dude. They're waking me up like every freaking couple hours, taking blood. Then they roll me down to this room and uh, stick this gnarly fucking needle in my back, dude. And uh, they take my spinal fluid, which was crazy. It's like crystal clear. Like it looks like water. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, so they do the spinal tap. Dude, I thought my heart was like going to break through the bed because I'm laying down on my back. They have like this x-ray machine to see my spine as they're doing it. But in my mind, I'm like, dude, all right. They found lesions in my brain laying down on this table. If they do something wrong, there's a chance I can be paralyzed too. You know, I'd I'd never had anything done like that before. So they ended up doing the spinal tap. Um, I ended up getting diagnosed with MS. And uh, I think the drugs that they gave me made it like, 10 or 15 times worse, dude. You ever, have you guys ever dealt with vertigo? No. Yeah, my mom had dealt with vertigo. It's gnarly. It, it was so insane. So I got, I got released out of the hospital. Um, I got released out of the hospital, and the solumedrol that they had pumped in my body, I mean, it's like this ridiculously uh, strong steroid yeah. because they're trying to get the inflammation to go down to get my vision back. And so... Uh, I had the worst vertigo in my life, dude. The day I get out of the hospital, I mean, I have a two-story house. Walking up the stairs, I'd have to lay in bed for like 30 minutes because I'm so freaking winded. My head feels like it's a 1,000 pounds. Jeez. It was nuts. 
and I had a meeting I had to go to uh, for it's a large national account that we're still working on getting. Um, but they have 31 massive properties here locally, but they're a nationwide company. So I'm like, dude, I, I need to get this. So I sh- definitely should not have driven, but I drove down to the meeting. And I'm like sitting in the truck trying to catch my breath. My head feels like it's like a thousand pounds. My wife's pissed off because I went straight back to work. And uh, so long story short, I have this diagnosis. I have all these things and I'm like right back to it, dude. So I go to this meeting, I handle the meeting. And then uh, later that night, I ended up booking a flight to go to a conference in Nashville um, for the next day. So I ended up going to Nashville and then, but dude, like going to Nashville created so many amazing opportunities for me, you know, like um, this year we did holiday lighting, we do Christmas lights, you know, Um, a lot of HOAs, commercial properties. We did do some residential properties too, but had I not gone to Nashville, you know, I would have lost out on that, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars, whatever it was yeah. of, of revenue, you know, in a short couple months. So um I got diagnosed with MS, dude, but it, it's just a little speed bump. Yeah. What it's, is MS? Uh it's an autoimmune disease. Okay. Um I, I'm still learning a lot about it. I don't I don't want to pretend like I'm some, you know, guru of it or anything. Uh but it, it's a neurological autoimmune disease. I mean, that's really all I know, to be honest with you. And that's all I know because I try not to focus on it, man. Yeah. I mean, I have flare-ups uh, where I get, like, extreme fatigue. Um, my hands, like, it'll be hard for me to make a fist. Like, just weird stuff. Yeah. There's nothing that's, like, really, like, stopping anything, you know? Uh, I'm just more tired a lot of days. And that's of now. I'm on a lot, There's a lot of, like, help groups on Facebook and stuff, you know? Uh, which I, I joined a lot of those, and they were like, oh, man, I didn't take it seriously for the first two years, and now I'm in a wheelchair. So I'm trying to start taking it more seriously. I just had another MRI in my neck and my spine, uh, and then I have to obviously have my follow-up appointment with my neurologist. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a neurological autoimmune disease. I, I, I couldn't tell you all that much about it, to be honest And with it you. sounds like it can affect so much, right? It oh, yeah. It affects your mobility. Oh, it does, for sure. Your... Like pretty much your whole body. Yeah. Like, uh, the things that I've like read are like a lot of brain fog. Um, like people can't have struggle, but, but most of it is mobility. I think, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people are like bound to wheelchairs or beds, yeah. um, walkers, canes, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but like I said, dude, I just, I try not to focus on it, man. Yeah. Because if I focus on it, then I'm, I, I start to get not depressed, but I go down like this rabbit hole of like yeah. almost woe me. And then I snap out of it. I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, Let's go back to the gym and just push through it. Yeah. I just, I, everything, every bad thing in my life has just been a speed bump that I just cross over, you know? Um, and, and if, if anybody were to ever go through something like that, man, just like, just gotta push, you know? It's all mental. Like, things can only stop you as much as you let them, you know? I don't know. It's crazy. And, and, Obviously, when I got diagnosed, it was, like, really hard for me mentally and emotionally and physically and for my wife. You know, she still gets scared when I start, like, not feeling good. But there's, I mean, there's there's so many other people that go through a lot of the same things, you know? Just reach out to those people. Ask for advice. Yeah. There's always, there's always somebody that has been in a position that you need to learn from. Yeah, it it always can be worse. Oh, dude. Right. I was listening to a, a podcast with uh with your boy Shaq. And uh Shaq was just like, dude, for for once in my life, I was really close to being depressed. He's like, it was a point where I just retired and um I was just going down a really dark hole. Like I was getting anxiety, I was getting feeling down about myself, I was getting in the funk and uh I was getting depressed. And uh, he's like, next thing I know, I have a conversation with with my mom, and I tell her how I feel. He's like, all I had to hear was one phrase, and I turned my my perspective around. He's like, my mom just told me, Shaq, you could have it worse. And then I took what she said. I looked at my bank account, and I was like, all right, mom, you're right. Leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the Shaq right. to have, you know, to, to end on a comical note. But it's true, though, right? Like, dude, it always could be oh, worse. Yeah, no matter what someone is going through, it yeah, could always be worse. For sure. My family's saying was, you know, you complain you ain't got no shoes with this guy with no feet. Yeah. Yep. It always could be worse. 
you do the, the perspective thing. Have you ever, uh, have you ever heard about like, um, has anybody ever done that thing with you with as per, far as like perspective where you look at, like, if we take one word right now, like school bus, right. Yeah. And I said, Hey, what, write down the very first three things that come to your mind, me, you, and you are all going to have a completely different answer. Yeah. And it's just because like the way we grew up and our lives are so yeah. different. And like the perspective is just so different. Yeah. It could be the same object. Yeah. We just have different, different perspectives because of the way we grew up, yeah. you know, and uh, just, just having different perspectives on things. That's why it's so important to communicate with other people. Yeah. Uh, you're able to take emotions out of whatever situation you're in and get a logical perspective. And you should talk to like numerous people about things. You know what I mean? Communication with, with anybody is key. You know, your relationships with your wife or your girlfriend or your spouse or your boyfriend, your husband, but even your friends, you know, like my friends, I have conversations with them. Like I'm in a relationship with them. I tell them how I feel. Some bothers me like, Hey, like this upset me. And this is why. Yeah. It's better than holding a grudge. Yeah. You know? Having them like try to guess. Yeah, or quietly right. hating yeah. each other. <laughs> but dude, like people just won't speak. Yeah. They won't just talk and communicate to other people. Yeah. Life would be so much easier if you just start communicating with people, just expressing how you feel. And Instead also of tying yeah. back to the beginning is like realizing that there may, may not be another time where you can apologize. Oh yeah. Or just sweep that shit underneath the rug. Yep. For sure. I mean, just just communication is key, man. With, with everything, you know? So if, if, if any of your listeners, maybe you're dealing with MS or any, anything like that, there's tons of groups out there, um, that, that, you know, you could talk to somebody has been in your exact position. I promise there's so many freaking people in this world. Get some advice from people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Amen. What's, um, what's, what's your big plans for, for this year? Is it, uh, you know, really scaling the air conditioning business? Is it, you know, kind of delegating and maybe taking a step outside of the pressure washing business. Um, what's, 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 what's yeah. on your radar? Uh, this 2024, 2024 is our year for growth, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a lot of plans right now. Um, getting a little bit more involved with speaking engagements. Uh, I have a few lined up over the next couple months, but as far as like the pressure washing business goes, I hired a full-time videographer. So we're going to be start pushing a lot more social media content, um, educational, you know, uh, entertainment. And then obviously, work that we do. Um, I'm already off the truck, but we are hiring more people and delegating different things to be able to grow, yeah. uh, which is a massive investment, which yeah. I'm sure you guys know, yeah. uh, you know, hiring people that aren't generating revenue right away is, yeah. is always a scary investment, but it's one that you have to make if you want to scale. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that in the pressure washing business. Um, and that's going to be absolutely amazing. The air conditioning business. Uh, I was honestly surprised how well it crushed, like it crushed it. For the first year. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, same, same thing with the air conditioning business, man. Um, right before summer, we'll probably hire a few more techs, buy some more trucks, and then um, focus a lot on growth there. But to, to be honest with you, if I could sum it all into one thing, man, self-development. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm working hard on becoming the absolute best version of myself. You know, I'm, I'm reading books, I'm working out, I'm trying to do charitable donations, help people. Um, in business, in their home lives. I just, I, I, when's the last time you guys were at a funeral? I was, uh, six months ago. Mm-hmm. So you always hits different. So when you go to a funeral, typically there's people that stand at a podium and they say all these great things about whoever it was that passed away. And I went to, a, this was probably like a year or two ago. I went to a funeral and I just watched person after person after person get up to speak about the person that passed away. And I started thinking, I was like, man, when I die, what are people going to say about me? You know? And then, dude, you really start to reevaluate your life when you can think about that, man. It's like a really deep level too, you know? And so I started to question who I was and not question who I was, but making sure I was making the right decisions, right? So now I'm like super focused on that self-development and making sure that I'm making an impact on the people by growing myself, like, you know, growing my cup of water so I can pour into other people's, you know? So self-development, very, very hard. Mind, physical, everything, you know, family, everything. So those, those are my major goals, dude. Um, But it's not a one year thing. You know what I mean? Like I want my, my pressure washing business to grow over like the next decade. 
you know, I want my, my air conditioning to grow over the next five years because I want to sell that a little bit sooner than, you know, the pressure washing business, dude, I'll probably have forever. I mean, it's just residual income. Yeah. It's like, it's like commercial real estate, dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just keep that passive income and then pass it on to my kids if they want to do it. If not, then I'll sell it someday. But yeah, yeah dude, just growing as hard as I can, man. Just, just pushing. Growing so, as hard as I can. I like that. I don't know. And hopefully bringing some people up with me. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Well, I love what you're doing um, with, with the content, the Bad Beat Podcast. Guessing you guys are on uh, Spotify, Apple. All yeah, that. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. I like watching uh, podcasts, like the visuals. Yeah. So uh, YouTube is probably where everything gets uploaded first. Okay. And then it gets dispersed to like, okay. Apple and Spotify. And YouTube also. channel, which one is that? Uh, the Bad Beat Podcast. You have to type in The Bad Beat Podcast. Okay. Stupid the. <laughs> okay. I don't know, dude. I love it. If you like go on like Apple Podcasts and type in yeah. Bad Beat Podcast, it a bunch of other, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that has happened with you guys, but. The duh. The duh. Right. Um, we'll have all this in the show notes, guys. So, you know, make sure that you guys check out the show notes. Uh, your Instagram ha- handle, Robert, what's that? Uh, it's Robert S T A D T. Um, that's my personal page. And then uh, my business is Property Pros Pressure Washing. Uh, the air conditioning is Heavenly Air Conditioning. Uh, and then the Bad B podcast for the podcast. So we got four different platforms there. Cool. Well, uh, winners, go give Robert a follow. I, I really respect what you got going on, dude. Yeah. I, I can see what you're doing. Um, and you're Thank already you. telling us in the sense of like, you want to get into like the content creation space, the self-development. Um, but I like it that you're a real business owner, right? Yeah. It's mo- so many people take the shortcut of like, let me just front. You know what I mean? Let me rent a Lamborghini. Let me pay Forbes to get an article. And then like, I've got this side coaching business. It's like, no dude, like you've got a real business, real businesses. Um, and then you realize that you can have a greater light, uh, help more people if you can just put yourself out there more. So kudos for putting yourself out there, dude, and and getting going. So guys, uh, Robert is definitely a a winner in business and is going to be a massive winner in in IG. I know that thing is just going to keep popping for you with IG and YouTube and social media and all that good stuff. So, um, go give him a follow winners and, um, Man, 2024, here we come, Kita. We got... Uh, Kicking I mean, ass and taking names. That's the that's what we're doing. Yeah, buddy. So, uh, Robert, thanks for coming by the studio, bro, jumping on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it, man. Seriously. Yep. It, was a good, it was a fun Sweet. chat. Yep. You know? Yeah, buddy. All right, winners, give us some love if you haven't already with uh, the reviews and the shares and all the good shit that we ask from you guys, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace.